Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. We're back, Gumbo listeners. Thank you so much for being a part of Data Protection Gumbo. Uh, We have a fantastic episode lined up for you today. I have a guest on, Oliver Dalle. And he is the CTO and General Director at Inspire. He is also an Associate Professor at University Côte d'Azur in France. And he co-founded the Inspire startup in 2019 as a valorization initiative for his R&D in the I3S lab in Sofia, Antopolis, France, a joint lab of UCA and CRNS and co-sponsored by the French government and private funds. Gumbo listeners, this episode is brought to you in part by OS Nexus is an industry leader in software-defined storage, helping you maximize storage platforms like Ceph and OpenZFS. Choose the easy way to manage your storage and reduce costs with less effort. Go to osnexus.com slash try now and mention Data Protection Gumbo to get an expanded community edition. Oliver, welcome to the Gumbo. How are you? Hi, thank you, uh, Demetrius. It's, uh, I'm very happy to be uh, invited to participate to your great uh, podcast. And uh, it's an honor for me for uh, to be uh, beside all the other great people you've been interviewing so far. So thank you very much. Awesome. And thank you for being lenient on my horrible French, because I cannot speak it at all. Well, you're doing very well. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why don't you start off just by... Uh, giving us a a brief rundown of Inspire, you know, what your company does. And then we could also jump into uh, some of the technology after that. Well, Inspire is a startup company that, uh, as you said, was founded in 2019. And uh, what we do is we provide a a, a data protection solution for companies that follows the backup principles of uh, three to one with, you know, like three copies of your data, two in the, in the company itself and one externalized. So we revisited that uh, idea with uh, new uh, uh, ideas in terms of infrastructure, but uh, mostly is to make it safer and more uh, cyber resistant in the new uh, trend uh, currently. Give us a, a rundown of uh, different file systems. I know you um, have great experience working with different types of file systems, one being BetterFS. And I, I must admit that that's one that I, I haven't really heard of. So I'm sure you'll break that down and explain it. And also ZFS. And I'll let you explain to the Gumbo listeners exactly uh, what they are and maybe the differences between the two and pros and cons. Yes, for sure. So uh, when you build a, a backup solution, uh, you need to uh, uh, you need to be able to synchronize your data from a source to a destination. So uh, either you go by like uh, digging the data with your own programs, or you use the operating system to provide you those copies directly from from the box. So that's what the kind of things that uh, ZFS or uh, BetterFS can do for you because they have snapshots. 
So you can uh, create like a initial snapshot to send a copy, a synchronization of your source system to your destination system, and then have incremental copies to make them synchronized in the uh, longer term. Uh, so from this respect, both systems have a similar feature in terms of making snapshots. The big difference though between the two systems uh, lies in the way uh, ZFS is able to support uh, advanced techniques for storage because it's all integrated. So compared to BetterFS, ZFS includes the red part, while BetterFS has to rely on an other part to provide the red, which is like the having a, a resilient storage at the bottom. So ZFS nonetheless supports the equivalent of a red, but does it much better than red systems actually. Like in a red system, in a red five system, if you lose one drive, then with the red five, it's okay. If you lose two drives, then your storage is compromised and then you lose all the data. But ZFS allows you to lose, uh, to have two defective drives and still use what can be used from them. And even though you only have one redundant, so it's going to be able to reuse as much as possible. And when it fails to do more, because there's, there are limits on what you can do, and the magic you can do, it will tell you what data you've been losing, which the other systems can't do. The other systems, they tell you, you've lost a drive, and then your, your system is dead. You don't know, it's, it's abrupt, you know. So that's the big difference between the two. And then, ZFS has a lot of more mechanisms. It has, for example, the ciphering at the source of the data automatic, like compression, deduplication, all you need to do a good backup. It has immutable writes, so it never writes on top of existing data, but will always write beside data. So you, you, it's very good for uh, in case of a, of a ransomware attack, for example, because you don't write the ciphered part on top of the, pre, the existing data. And uh, it has lots of very nice features. Okay, so so which which one do you use, or which one do you prefer? So uh, what we do is we use the the synchronization streams, so the synchronization streams like uh, the snapshots, to build a new uh, backup solution. But we add a feature that ZFS doesn't have. So what ZFS does so far is it's able to synchronize one source with one destination and only one. So you can do it several times. You will have multiple replicates, but you cannot uh, replicate your data on multiple sites at the same time. So that's what we are doing. We are dividing the synchronization streams in multiple substreams, and we store those substreams on separate locations. So you, so you store them in, in separate locations, and primarily this is for um, security. So um, heightened security, is that probably the number one use case as to why that's being done? Yes, so there are actually, uh, yeah, so security is uh, one, the main point, I would say, because your data are ciphered at the source, then they are split in substreams, and each destination will only store one substream and which is only one part of the data. So if the destination is compromised, then the attacker, for example, will only gain one part of the data and one part that was previously ciphered. So it's very, very secure way of storing the data. Another benefit is uh, we can devise a system with that uh, 
Uh, another benefit is in terms of uh, synchronization requirements. The way of splitting the data on top of ZFS, we don't have to have the different sites synchronized very tightly because you have a competing, competing kind of techniques in data centers, for example, uh, where you could use like safe storage that would provide you the ability to store your data on multiple appliances. But that kind of storage has very tight uh, requirements in terms of synchronization. Our solution doesn't have those tight requirements. And when, when you're having a conversation, because I know we are going kind of technical and, and deep here, how does all of this, does this also work um, in any location, whether it's on-premises or in the cloud? Is, is the philosophy uh, still the same? So the philosophy is to... Um, so, as we said, we have an appliance that uh, we place at each of our customers. So, we actually have two models. Uh, we have the model where customers are small businesses, so they would own only one appliance for their needs. So, then uh, that appliance would be shipped with storage for their own data, the local data, but also for their remote needs of storage. So, then the idea is each customer would exchange their storage to provide the external storage to others. So it's a, a kind uh, of the idea of the peer-to-peer -peer storage, uh, but revisited because we changed lots of things compared to the peer-to-peer -peer file uh, sharing, for example, of the 2000 uh, years, uh, 2000. And what are you seeing nowadays with customers migrating workloads into the cloud? Are, are you seeing more of that or you haven't seen a lot of that or is are things sort of the, the same from your perspective what are you seeing since 2010 the cloud has been like exploding and uh, what you call the cloud actually you mean probably the cloud in data centers so my point is there are other forms of cloud that have little been explored um, my idea is more to have a cloud that is more uh, specially distributed and that's coming back to the roots of uh, internet, actually. Internet was initially designed with a very high resilience in mind. And the way to provide that resilience was to uh, specially distribute everything so you don't have a single point of failure. But then with data centers, we've reintroduced the single point of failure because we made those big concentration points. And for some services, they are very good, but for some others, you can question how relevant they are for the, the purpose of what you do. And especially like if you're going to make the, the, the backup, try to store your data in the safest uh, way possible, then putting everything in the same place can be questionable. And uh, are you also having conversations about cost, cost optimization, um, and also individuals? Yes, I, I would like resiliency. I would like for my data to be protected, uh, whether it's in the cloud or on-premises or both locations. But the cost, I, I need to wrap my arms around the cost of what it, what does it cost for me to do that? Yes. So what, 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 are, yeah, what are your conversations? What's your conversation there? Well, the cost actually is because in our solution, you come with all you need from the system from the beginning. So you're going to provision your appliance. You have your own local storage. You have the equivalent of your needs for remote storage. 
So once you have the appliance, then the service can be provided at fixed costs. Um, if you go for data center, for example, then the, the costs are going to be evolving, uh, maybe because the cost of energy is going higher or you cannot really control where it's going uh, because the service, uh, you have to pay monthly for a service that you cannot predict very well. Well, the, the cost is more more difficult to predict. And if if you were if you were having a conversation with a a CIO versus a CISO, so that's two different types of of conversations. Even though they're, they're similar conversations, but one is just strictly security focused, and yet a little bit about the business. The CIO is probably more business, and the overarching uh, health of the actual uh, the IT environment and all the systems and workloads and applications that they are protecting. What would be your number one thing, talking to one versus the other? What would you say to each one? So I would say if you have your data, if you store, externalize your data in multiple places where each place cannot have the wall of it, makes it absolutely invulnerable because you need to get the data from multiple places at the same time, recombine them, and then rebuild your data. That's a very, very strong feature in terms of security. Uh, for the CIO, uh, I would say uh, the benefits of data centers are clear on some kind of services, like uh, if you have uh, elastic, uh, huge elastic needs, you need to be able to grow your amount of resources very quickly, then you need those infrastructures. But today we tend to use them for absolutely everything, including when you don't need them. So for example, in France, we have the TGV train that goes like uh, 300 kilometers per hour. But do you need those trains to uh, carry bulk uh, transport? Uh, like uh, minerals. You don't need those. So that's a bit what we're trying to do with data centers, it seems to me. Sometimes it's like we're putting a lot of resource, a lot of money in having those very highly efficient infrastructures, but sometimes that's not what you need. You need something cheaper and uh, more bulky. And is, is there a specific recommendation you would give the Gumbo listeners just around ransomware and not necessarily protecting against ransomware that they may not get it because you and I know that they, the chances of them getting ransomware is very high and it more than likely will happen one day sooner or later? Yeah, so of course uh, you need a very good uh, data protection, so you need a, a backup. But a very important feature among the backup is that immutable part, so having like a storage that is able to keep your data unaltered even after ciphering, so you can roll back and come back to a previous version and, and recover your data once you have identified the zero case, the, the zero patient, you know. That's the, once, once you have been attacked, usually you have to, uh, you know, you cut the network and uh, uh, you keep your uh, machines on so uh, forensics can find the zero time. And then once you have identified that time, then you can roll back your system. But you need to have uh, immutable storage to do that. Okay, so immutable storage, uh, zero trust, and things like multi-factor authentication. Are there any capabilities that you're seeing for use cases with uh, AI and ML that maybe you are planning on utilizing within your own product suite? Yes. 
uh, AI is, uh, to me, is the a very good support for uh, identifying threats and detecting them, like searching for low-level signals in the in the traffic. So, because we have a system that is uh, uh, exchanging traffic with the internet, we have to be able to detect and discard anything that seems unfamiliar. So that's where AI is very useful to me. Okay. And as far as 2023 is concerned, are you seeing any any futuristic storage functionality or capabilities that um, you have been studying? I, I remember seeing one around uh, us being able to store data on DNA, which was really interesting. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting idea. The thing we are trying to work on also with uh, some uh, partnership with the lab is the idea of uh, diode storage. That's a kind of storage that can let the data go one way, but not going the other way. So that's extremely good protection. So we want to, to work on this kind of hardware device. So that makes the protection very, very strong and even military grade. Uh, because the data goes in and it cannot go out unless, of course, you have a very, uh, very specific key to open it. Okay. And in any any advice to someone that may be um, on a layoff right now, out of work, um, layoffs are, are happening a lot right now. There's a ton of ton of it going on, especially in the tech industry. Um, do, do you have any advice for someone that may be laid off right now and in hunt or looking for a, a new position it should always be the time to uh, to get uh, the sense of what's going on and get familiar with new uh, techniques and technology uh, i'm a technological background and <laughs> technological oriented person so i would recommend to go for that but uh, um, mostly i think anyone laid off in the tech now as uh, will easily find a position as soon as they are able to open their mind to uh, to new challenges so i think there are there are lots of work available so um, i think uh, it's just a question of of the the fit and fitting with the company culture or more uh, finding the company that provides you the culture you want to be uh, living with. Yeah. Are, are there any certifications that that you would recommend for someone to sit down for? Uh, I'm not a big fan of certifications, actually, even though it's very important security wise, but uh, I'm more uh, sensitive to a discussion with someone and see what they're really the way they think, because security, for example, has lots of certification, but it's also a very more state of mind. And like you can detect very, very quickly if people have the right state of mind for doing security or if they don't. So, and so I think it's really like a question of uh, doing things that make sense with respect to security. Okay. Ask me a question so you can see if I have a security state of mind. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, a question. I don't know. There are so many of them. Uh, what is your password? Oh, man. It, it's 123ABC. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, well, that's a double question, actually. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Like, have you, uh, have you heard about, uh, I don't know, have you heard about uh, XDR or uh, about uh, EDR? And uh, can you uh, tell me uh, I, what? I have. I've heard of those acronyms. I, I can't remember the name of them, but uh, 
Something around detection, yeah. Exactly. So it's uh, tools that help detect the, the traffic at the edge. So uh, HDR okay. and EDR are kind of variants where you have the uh, combined kind of anti antivirus with it, or so you you equip all the all the, the devices or not. Okay. Yeah, you got me. That was a good one. That <laughs> okay. was a good one. Yeah. Um, also, one maybe one more question before before I let you go is. Uh, what are you reading? Are there any any books by your bedside at night that you, you you read before you go to bed? Maybe any recommendations for the listeners? Uh, it's a shame, but I read a uh, lot of manuals. Manuals? Oh wow! <laughs> no, no, not only that. No, uh, actually, I'm uh, I read the, I like to read the news and uh, like be because you need to be informed uh, at first of what's going on. So I I read lots of. Uh, um, uh, security. So, uh, cyber security is a very small circle. So, I I have like a, I'm I'm in the network of all the the, the cyber security uh, people actually, at least in France, and try to see what's going on, what companies are and under fire, and uh, how it's uh, what's going on. Have you heard of No Name Security? No, sorry. Yeah, maybe I can introduce you to someone over there. Um, API Security, I think it is. Shout out to Philip if he's listening, but he may not be listening. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I, I enjoyed the conversation, especially around the um, different file systems and ZFS and BetterFS and some of the pros and cons around each. Uh, a little bit about security and making sure your data is resilient and uh, also um, great conversation about um, regardless of where your data is, if it's on on-prem or if it's in the cloud, that ultimately, you know, make sure that you have a solution that keeps your data intact, keep it secure and uh, recoverable uh, quickly. So, uh, Oliver, thank you so much for being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. Yeah, thank you very much for your invite. And uh, yeah, uh, I have a long, uh, long history still. Wish you lots of good things. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.